Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. David Eichholz, Sean Block, HawkeyeInsider.com, 24-7 Sports, giving our reaction following Iowa's open fall practice, almost at spring. But, Sean, this is a, uh, a little bit more of an opportunity for us to actually see some product on the field. I mean, spring, I don't want to say it was a waste of a spring game that we got to watch, but, I mean, we, we've talked about plenty of times before. It felt like there were about 30 players out. We really didn't. Really get to see a lot of the guys we wanted to see. I feel like we got more of an opportunity on Saturday today inside Kinnick Stadium. Great day for it. But, Sean, I was surprised. I got to tell you, I'll, I'll let you take the lead on this. But I, I was definitely surprised in a few facets. Yeah, I think the fall practice not only is it closer to the season opener and the start of the season, but – I mean, in this case, especially, it's a chance for us to get to see the true freshmen that are more acclimated into into the team. And I'm not saying that was one of the big storylines, but I think it's one of the notable parts. And obviously with injuries, there were a couple of notable ones. Um, You know, Keegan Johnson being out, Brody Brecht, Nick DeYoung, um, Jamari Harris was not practicing. A number of other guys, too, that weren't weren't involved. So it's kind of stunk not to be able to see those guys. But I think this – kids day practice really gives us a better feel of what this team is going to look like and what things are really, really turning into it as the calendar flips to fall, because I think things seemed a lot more in tuned, a lot more organized. I mean, we'll dive into the kicking situation. Like that's probably the biggest takeaway from this, from this, uh, from today is how fluid the kickers were. And I think the offense looked pretty, pretty solid as well um, considering where it was in the spring and the offensive line, obviously there's some kinks that need to be worked out, but I thought Logan Jones seemed to adjust well to that center spot. Looks like he's really grown there. And there are a couple other things that we'll mention too. I think the ground game was pretty solid outside of Gavin Williams, who is another guy that was out today. Um, So, yeah, I just think obviously a lot of things just look more smooth and look more in tune and, um, really just gives us a better feel for where things are at because in the spring it's like you still got June, July, August, yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple days in September, and that's kind of it. But with August, it's like, okay, you got, what, three weeks, and, you know, things are really starting to pick up. So it was good. It was good to see all that and good to see everything kind of come together a little bit more for sure. Yeah, and, you know, I think, you know, we've had some people on our VIP message board talk about – is this a bad sign for the defense? And I think if you're Iowa, this is exactly what you want, right? Because you want to see the offense take steps. You know, like you said, Gavin Williams, 
did not participate today. Keegan Johnson did not participate. Brody Brecht, who could end up being a big part of this Iowa wide receiver core, did not participate. But as you mentioned, they are all projected. Gavin, Keegan, and Brody are all projected to return to the lineup soon. But it also gives a chance to see you know where the quarterback situation is. How's the offensive line developing? And who are some guys that are really stepping up? And Sean, I got to give you props. Uh, for example, true freshman Addison Ostrenga, he's very much in contention for, for a role. I was very pleasantly surprised by him and what he was able to do on Saturday. I, I think that's the highlight that really stands out to me is I think it was Joey Labis hit Joe Labis hit Ostranga on the side and Ostranga bulldozed two Hawkeyes and you know to get into the end zone from about 10 yards out. And at that point, my eyebrows raised a little bit because that third tight end spot. Yes, Steven Stilianos, the Lafayette transfer, is the favorite to get that part. But Australia is showing me some really nice things. And, you know, Sean, it is impossible to really talk about today without mentioning the quarterback play. I know we've seen glimpses of it before, but I really got to say it's hard to take too much away from one practice because we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. But I was very encouraged about what I saw out of this Iowa offense. I think LaShawn Williams had a couple of really good runs. I think the O-line, for the most part, did okay. I think they still have a lot of room to grow, especially on the interior. I think Noah Shannon really dominated some of those guys on more than a few plays. Lucas Van Ness looks like he's going to be a problem. But you look at Arlen Bruce, what he was able to do. Sam Laporta, what he was able to do. Luke Lachey had a couple of nice catches as well, but Petrus just looked confident and he really was, I thought he was throwing the ball very, very well. And Alex Padilla, I mean, Sean, how many times was there a play where they really tried to throw the ball into some tight windows and they got it through and it looked effortlessly. And obviously it's a little bit different because they know they're not going to be hit. And I think that's still a big factor when you take all this into consideration, but man, I got to tell you, I was very pleasantly surprised. And as I wrote in my column on Hawkeye Insider, this is one of the first times I've seen tangible evidence that they are making progress. Now, is that going to correlate over to in-season success? I don't know, but that remains to be seen. But again, I, I was very pleasantly surprised with where the offense was and kind of the way everything is flowing, no matter who is at quarterback, whether it be Padilla or Petrus. Right. And I mean, a lot of it relies, as we've said so many times this offseason, on the offensive line and how much protection can the quarterback play get. And I agree with what you said with Peters. I thought he looked comfortable. And obviously, like you said before, you know, there's been buzz that he has been really taking that next leap to where he needs to be. And obviously, you know, you don't get guys thrown at you. You don't get a lot of, I guess, pressure in that regard. But it's still important to see that type of progress, man, because I feel like that was still a really big question mark, at least from what we heard last year with this group, is how much can Peaches, you know, really be relied on to take that spot, and you saw it throughout the year. And it's not like – and I think a really interesting point, too, for media day is, I mean, how many times was John Budmeyer, the new Iowa quarterback or offensive analyst, how many times was his name mentioned? in a really positive light. I mean, you go back to media days, like Kirk Ferentz called him a gift from heaven. Um, I think you talked to Arlen Bruce and he mentioned him as a really big key, like out of nowhere. Yep. And yeah, I asked him about simplifying the passing game and he brought up Budmeier. 
just in terms of right. how much simpler he's making on the quarterback, so much confidence he's instilled in them. Yeah, and that's I think that's a really important part because a lot of people had a lot of grief about Brian Ferentz being the guy at quarterbacks coach, but Brian made it a a point to go out and get Boomer. And Kirk Ferentz said before that they tried to get John once, and they were able to get him this time. And um, I think that kind of speaks to what strides this offense has made. And I think I posted on our message board a, a while ago that um, the offense was becoming simpler and a lot of people were like, Oh, like, what does that even mean? Like, and I think like, without even describing it, like, I think we saw some of that today. I don't know if you would be able to describe it better than I would, but I mean, obviously we're not going to see a lot because we have people videoing and they could, other schools could take that tape and, um, find ways to game plan for Iowa without even like having to see them or you know, doing all that other stuff. But, I mean, I, I just felt like it. things were just more in rhythm, more in tune. Now there were a couple incompletions I thought could have been made. I think there was a pass from Peters to Arlen Bruce that could have been caught, that could have been completed for a touchdown. But at the end of the day, I thought things just seemed more in tune. And whether that's quarterback play, whether that's things just seem to be clicking better with wide receivers, you know, running backs, I think, you know, even without Gavin Williams, I thought the running backs really showed a lot and were more up to what Iowa wants with those types of guys that can get the carries consistently and how they are as hard runners. I mean, the true freshmen I thought were really good too. Yeah, they were. They were. Jazzy on Patterson, I, I think obviously there's been a lot of talk about Caleb Johnson, but Jazzy on has a really nice flow to his game. It just seems so natural to him. I thought he showed good explosiveness uh, through the hole. I think – just as far as reading defenses and really, you know, projecting what way he's going to cut. I think that's a little bit more advanced than what typical true freshmen are. And I think Caleb Johnson brings a nice physicality to his game, which obviously we expected, but Sean, there were times where he'd be in a pile and he'd just be pushing the pile because he's just got those strong legs and that strong upper body to really shed off wimpy tacklers. But I think Liddell Betts is very, very happy with the room that he's got in right now. I'm happy that you mentioned, you know, both the freshmen. We'll see with Devin Hilson when he gets healthy, when he comes back, how he sort of fits into that role. And we'll see how Gavin Williams continues to emerge. But look, I thought LaShawn Williams was was fantastic as well. And the play that really stands out to me was it was a goal line situation. They were on the three-yard line. And I can't remember exactly what defensive lineman it was, but there were two defensive linemen that broke through. And LaShawn just makes a filthy cut, you know, jukes them both out and just trots into the end zone. And that was sort of the oohs and ahs from people. And I thought that was a very good sign for, for the running game. And, you know, like you said, there's a lot of people that talked about Gavin Williams. And you and I, when we were analyzing the recruiting class with that LaShawn came in, we kind of sat back and said, we don't think there's enough people excited about this guy because you look at his high school stats, you look at his highlights. I mean, the dude can flat out play. And I think people are, are going to start understanding that this year. And again, I'm, I'm, I was encouraged. And I think the one thing also I saw, Sean, from the running game, it was consistency. And how many times have I mentioned to you over the course of the summer, you look at Iowa's yards per carry and with Goodson, okay, he'd break off a 25-yarder, but his next four runs would be two, one, behind line of scrimmage, behind line of scrimmage. Well, he's still averaging around five yards per carry, right? But not all five yards per carry averages are equal. That's exactly what Brian Ferentz said the other day. 
And yeah, I think you look at what Gavin LaShawn can give you. And with this offensive line that's continuing to develop, they're going to be able to, you know, I think bring that consistency. And I think that's one of the biggest things that, that Iowa football offense, especially it needs consistency. And the other part I like too, was I really like the idea of throwing Sam Laporta out wide. There were a few times we lined him out wide and we put Luke Lachey uh, lined up on line of scrimmage. And I was a big, big fan of that, Sean. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast yeah no i i agree with you too and i think with the wide receivers as well i mean with arlen bruce and obviously didn't see keegan johnson nico Rigani made a nice catch today i think arlen's going to be able to take that next step i really like what i saw from alec wick and jacob bostick um, Bostic being a true freshman, um, who I think could really factor into that exposition spot, depending on what happens with Brody Brecht, we'll kind of see there, but yeah, I mean, I think the offense in terms of that, I think we're going to probably spend most of the time talking about them because this defense, man, like there is a lot of really good things that we saw today. And obviously we know what's going to be good about this defense and how good it's going to be this year and how talented they are up front to bottom. But man, like there was a lot going for that defense. I thought the offense looked really consistent, but I thought the defense, especially on the defensive line, there's a lot of talent there that I feel like a lot of people are really not appreciating how talented this group could be from the first guy to the 10th guy. And same thing with linebackers. We talked about them so many times, defensive backs. I think that group is going to be really talented. There's a lot. I mean, we didn't see many of the starters there, but I think my biggest takeaway defensively was, was the defensive line. I, I don't, do you agree with me with that? Yeah. I mean, I think I thought Noah Shannon put together a really, really great performance today, especially mm-hmm. kind of bullying the interior offensive line. And again, Lucas Van Ness is going to pose to be a problem. And another guy, Sean, that we've kind of long predicted, Aaron Graves, man, he he ain't going to be at Iowa all four years. I, I, I will be surprised. I mean, you know, Kirk doesn't throw out praise with ease, and he flat out said today that Aaron Graves belongs with the older guys out there. He said he still has a lot to learn, a lot of room to grow, 
but he just said he has such a toughness and physicality and edge about him that you just you can't keep him off the field. And for Aaron to break into that defensive line group that returned almost everybody from last year, I think that speaks volumes to the type of potential that he has as well. But I'm with you, man. I think that defensive line today, there were times where I thought they looked really, really good. And, you know, on the counter side of it too, Iowa's offensive line at times I thought looked really, really good. Um, I still think they need to get a little bit more consistent, especially on the interior. But, again, I think you saw – it's almost like the perfect way – for Iowa to have a scrimmage like that. And what I mean by that is you don't want too much offense with a bad defense because then you worry about the defense. Same thing, if, you know, if the defense is great, the offense looks like crap, everybody's worried about the offense. And I think we got to see the best of both worlds and, you know, not to deviate or, or separate the conversation from the defensive line, but Sean, another freshman that really made noise, which we shouldn't be surprised about. Xavier lived up to every hype on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I mean, Xavier looked really really good and I remember when you kind of stand next to him when he was trotting on the field and I remember you looked over at me and you said oh my god Xavier's gotten a lot bigger and he has yeah his his legs look definitely filled out a little bit more and he's always can been more of a natural skinny type guy uh, especially in the lower half but his bottom half is really really filled out and honestly I think he makes more of a contributions on special teams this year but I mean, I think you got to you got to really like what he showed during practice today. With I mean that interception, obviously he made that. I don't know if that was made him look more athletic. I got to go back and review it, but it was a really really good play. And he was also in on another reception or interception too. I think the one that Carson Sherrard had that he returned for a quote unquote touchdown. I think Xavier was right around the ball there too. So Xavier was really, one that tipped it to him. Was he? Okay. Yeah. You know, it's sometimes kind of hard when you're recording to really – you focus so much on recording that sometimes you miss some details of the play. Yeah, I, so, I, I went I went back and checked it too, and I confirmed it with a couple of people. Yeah. But, yeah, it was Xavier that did that. Gotcha, gotcha. That's why, that's why I figured. I know he was around the ball, but, I mean, he made those plays. Cooper DeGene in the seven-on-seven seven portion especially, he was all over the place. Like, there are really a lot of positives that you can take away from the defensive backs and – with the with the experienced guys, I mean, we didn't see Jamari Harris, or we didn't see Kayvon Merriweather a ton, didn't see Riley Moss a ton, saw Terry Roberts here and there, but I think those are a really good showcase for some of the younger guys and for a lot of people to realize that there is a ton of talent, especially young talent. I mean, I didn't even mention TJ Hall, a true freshman who's been working with the twos for a lot of this for a lot of the fall. Um, and just there is so much talent in that secondary and it's going to be a group that's going to be really good for the next couple of years. And there's just not guys that are just solid at their positions. Like Iowa makes it a point to really get some of these guys in different spots and to have them learn these different positions where they can be versatile. If they need to mix and match, if they need to, you know, throw some guy here, throw some guy there. It's even the case of the linebackers, Kelvin Bell recruits to versatility on the defensive line. They just recruit a lot of talented athletes that, are going to make this this defense that much better. And you saw it today with Wampa. You saw it today with DeGene. I thought TJ Hall had a couple of good reps. Well, he didn't, like, break up any passes. I thought he did a really good job of keeping tight on his receiver. Um, linebackers, I thought it was interesting that Justin Jacobs was out there with Jack Campbell during the 4-2-5 yep. um, defensive line. I think we got a really good – a lot of clarity on the uh, – on how that rotation is going to look. We kind of had an idea about it, but I think we got – got a good look. And then obviously we talked about kickers 
and how that's going to factor. I think those Aaron Blom, Drew Stevens were both 15 for 15 on the day and really showed. I mean, my, my thing LeVar Woods, is, man, LeVar yeah, Woods. my, my, my one cautious, I think they're going to be capable, but my one thing to mention with that is like the difference between Kinnick on April 23rd, I think it was, which was the open uh, spring practice compared to August 13th, is there was, I feel like, no wind anywhere today. I agree with you on that, and I, that's completely but also, valid. Right, but also Kirk's comments seemed really positive when he talked about the growth of those two. And they say, he said been, they've been doing it all camp. And I think the other thing that's worth noting, Sean, while you were right about the wind and, and all that, it's still a couple of things. One, there's still a crowd. So they're kicking in front of people that aren't just their teammates. And two, Kirk publicly said yesterday, I believe, that today was going to be a big factor in who takes over as a starting kicker. And they were both perfect. I mean, even Kirk said in the post-practice press conference that every one of those was down right down the middle of the uprights, besides one that a cut, cut it a little bit close. But I mean, again, the difference between just their kicking, their confidence, and everything from the last spring practice to now. I mean, the growth is incredible regardless of conditions because they both look like they'd been doing it for a long time. And I will say, I think Drew Stevens got a little bit bigger, but uh, Aaron Blom was not going to back down. So I think Kirk said, you know, again, during this press conference, I mean, he feels great about kicking. He, it's not a hard decision for him at this point because he's got two guys that can go out there and do it, according to him. So – I think it's a perfect scenario for Iowa if those guys can continue their upward trajectory and growth. Um, but like you said, it's going to be a big difference when, you know, if it's an open fall practice or a night game with 70,000 people and there's a clock winding down, you need a field goal to win. There's a mm-hmm. big, big difference in that. Yeah, most definitely. And I mean, I know the staff and Kirk are very, very aware of that and, the obvious difference that it makes, but I mean, Hey, I'm counting down the days until was it September 3rd? They play South Dakota state. It's going to be, that's going to be a, it, I, I feel confident about this team. I feel good about this team. I think nine and three is a really big possibility. Um, obviously, you know, I think in the last couple of years, this might've been one of the smoother fall practices that we've seen. I mean, we don't get to yeah. see much, but I think there was a lot, like it always seems like one position really dominates, but it really felt even keeled this year. And I think that's a positive thing. Granted it's one practice. And we heard that the offensive line has kind of, you know, t- or the defensive line has really been the dominant force on the, compared to the offensive line. But I thought there were, there were moments where, and I feel like there's more optimism with how this, how this group can look, you know, how more balanced it can be. I think the defense is certainly going to be a step above the offense but I don't know if the gap is going to be as big as it was last year. Cause I mean, granted you can only go up from the gap. It was last year. <laughs> I remember talking to Bud Elliott of uh, CBS sports and he just said, you know, he's been doing these summer school podcasts, going through a lot of teams with the writers and doing all that. And he said, Iowa had the fourth best defense statistically and the 121st offense. He goes, that's by far the biggest difference that he's seen on paper, which is how wild it is. I mean, I wrote it again in my column, Sean, yet last season was a case study with this group. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to be able to repeat that. But 
I'm very intrigued to go through and do my game by game predictions. now that I've seen at least some sort of product on the field, because it is going to be very, very interesting to see where this team could go again. I think you have to feel good about what the quarterback showed. And I, again, I, I, I think if I was in the top 75, top 80 offense, I think they have a very good chance. I would pick them as the favorite to win the big 10 West, especially if the defense keeps up for what they were doing. And if the special teams, uh, can at least be not as good as last year, but not shoot themselves in the foot and do some good things as well. Yeah, you know, it's it's a lot that goes into uh, to one practice. I mean, we don't get a ton to see, so I feel like a lot of us media especially put a lot of stock in this one. But you know, like I said before, it's I, I do think that Big Ten West is up for grabs, and I think, you know, I think Iowa and Wisconsin are the ones at the top, but it's like it's I think it's going to come down to last year. The team that wins nine games is going to be the Big Ten West champion. Well, I mean, in Iowa's case, they won 10, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I mean, it's going to come down to who wins nine games and if Iowa beats Wisconsin, in my yes. opinion. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Minnesota, Minnesota can obviously creep in there. Nebraska, maybe, but I'm not picking Nebraska until they show me something on the field. I'm not going to buy stock in them until we see an improvement there. Uh, yeah, I was about to, make... to say, Dave. I was I was about to say, like you were uh, you were making progress. You're always the most. I I thought you were actually going to say Nebraska was going to make some noise. No, gosh, no. I mean, the thing is, it it just gets annoying when certain teams continue to get praised and and preseason hyped up, and they don't put anything on the field. I mean, it's the same reason why I'm not picking Iowa State to beat Iowa, Minnesota to beat Iowa, or. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Or Nebraska to beat Iowa. Until they do it, there's no point in me picking against them because Iowa's just continue to win. So, but no, I mean, it's, I'm trying to make sure we didn't miss anything from, from the story. Taylor's Tory Taylor. People don't need to worry about that. Oh, the return game. Sean, I feel like we need to mention Cooper DeGene. Uh, and, and Cooper DeGene in general. Cooper DeGene's versatility continues to really impress me. I mean, that's a guy who he held, he was the holder on field goals twice. He played corner at times. He played cash and he played safety. I mean, as a true sophomore, it's pretty incredible all the responsibility that he's he's sort of taken. Yeah, and a lot of people want to hear a different quote from the coaching staff other than he's just a football player, but at the end of the day, like that's what he is. Like he is the definition of versatility and the definition of a football player. You can put him anywhere in the field. I think you could even put him at quarterback. If you want to run RPOs or something, I think he would be really good there. But I think at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I think he'll stick with cash, but I mean, I'm really excited to see him in the return game. I think that could be re- something to keep an eye on because he's pretty electric. I've also said, you know, for Wildcat or something like that too. Uh, Sean, I mean, why, why not throw Arlen Bruce back there? He's a Wildcat quarterback in high school. Right. So, I mean, Iowa's got a bunch of different things. 
I think we hit on most of the keynotes. Um, and for people who are concerned, Iowa offensive tackle David Davidkoff was in attendance. He was not uh, – he, he was in street clothes. He did not practice, but he was around the team. And he looked to be in pretty good spirits. You know, he signed autographs and interacting with his teammates. And, you know, I know a lot of people have been worried about him. He's been listed on the depth chart, but hasn't been in any of Iowa's pictures. I think Kirk mentioned the other day it's just a medical issue. Didn't really give a timeline, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of follows there. And I believe Kirk said after that he's not really too worried about anybody missing uh, in the long term as far as injuries-wise. Again, Gavin Williams, Keegan Johnson, Brody Brecht, all those guys. That, Jamari, I mean, they're all projected to be back relatively soon. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, Keegan, that's the hope is he'll be good. Brody, we'll see there. But like you said, I feel like this – Outside of the two guys out for the season, Jackson Ritter and Justin Burr, I think, I think this the defense or the injury situation, excuse me, should be should be good to go. There should be a lot of full strength, barring anything unforeseen. I mean, you never really know what can happen, yeah. obviously, but you know, we'll we'll see what happens. I would say this too, as well. Um, it's. I mean, I think Iowa's be obviously very careful with Keegan. I think they mentioned that, and I talked to Keegan yesterday, and he basically just said he's not going to give a time frame about where he's at or in his re- rehab or recovery or what he's doing. But he did say he wants to make it a huge, huge priority to play on September 3rd because, remember, his brother uh, was a former South Dakota State wide receiver, uh, Cade, and he was a really, really good football player for them as well. So. I think it was very crisp on both sides of the ball. I think Iowa feels a lot better about their special teams uh, than they did, especially in, in, in summer and in spring. I mean, Kirk said again after the, after the practice, he knew the potential was there in the spring, but he was very worried about the kicking game going into next year. So I think you need to give a lot of credit to, again, Lamar Woods. And you need to give a lot of credit to Aaron Blom and a lot of credit to Drew Stevens because, again, they showed up and they showed out. So – Sean, any other final notes that you want to hit on really quick before we wrap this thing up? I think, uh, again, I, I I was surprised at some of the stuff we saw today, and in a good way. Yeah, me too. And, I mean, as far as that, I don't have too much to add. I know we have a lot of stuff up on the site. We'll have a lot of stuff the next couple of days. Didn't want to pour all that stuff on you guys at one time and kind of spread things out a little bit, so – Keep in locked to HawkeyeInsider.com because we will have plenty, plenty of content from the last two days. I always love this time of year because we we have stuff to write about. <laughs> we have stuff to overanalyze, and that's always exciting to have. Plus, recruiting is hopefully going to start picking up here soon, so that's another positive. But, yeah, I mean, I'll, that's all you got to say. Just check up on the site, and we'll have we'll be more consistent with the podcast going forward um, with the season. We got a plan in place to to do that, so – be sure to tell your friends. Be sure to tell your parents. Be sure to tell everyone, your family, wife, kids, whoever. Dog, husband. I don't care. Yeah, dog, whatever. You know, hamster if you got one. <laughs> um, anyone and everyone because this podcast will be it will be pretty popping during the season. I'm looking forward to it. HawkeyeInsider.com. David Eichel, Sean Bach, 24-7 Sports. As always, keep it locked in. HawkeyeInsider.com. Follow us on Twitter at David Eichel, at Sean S. Bach, 247, at Hawkeyes on 247. Until then. Talk to you soon. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves, demons. And now what? 
A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop, make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil, the final season. Streaming May 23rd, only on Paramount+.